Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January the 7th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is indeed our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by... Our founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. I am live in Salt Lake City from the Eagle Forum, Utah National, uh, I should say Utah yearly annual event. And uh, people are running around getting all set up. They're about to kick off right now. It's exciting to see a bunch of wonderful patriots everywhere. I love to be surrounded by good, honest patriots. Isn't it a wonderful thing? We certainly need more of that in the great republic. That's for sure. All right, a quick recap. Yesterday I was with Dr. Scott Bradley. Of course, his goal to preserve the nation and more. And uh, we talked in detail, uh, me and Dr. Bradley, uh, about, you know what, the House, how many numbers will it take for the ballot in the House? The paralyzed nature of the House becomes the longest it's taken since 1859 to get a speaker. Uh, we talked about Matt Getz basically said, hey, let's put Donald Trump up. Nobody bit on that. That's not good for the Donald. I'll tell you that right now. We also talked, uh, Scott and Sam had an educational discussion about the realities of the speakership. Sam's saying, hey, we gotta pick somebody from outside the house. Dr. Bradley's saying, you know what, that's a big danger. That's dangerous for us to do. Uh, and he explained the reasons why. And you know what, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong on points sometimes. Sometimes it's not a matter of right or wrong. It's a matter of healthy discussion. It's a matter of you know thinking through issues. It's a matter of listening and learning. Uh, Dr. Bradley talked about in the days gone past, founding father era, if you will. You know what? They would meet in taverns or restaurants or whatever you want to say, and they would discuss these issues relentlessly. They would argue. It would get heated. It would be hot sometimes. But you know what? It's all about coming to an understanding, right? It's a matter of deciding, I don't know all the answers. But I'm going to work on it. I'm going to learn about it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it all, all that I can. And before you know it, you have solutions. So there you go. Um, second hour, we had on Connie Davies with us. And Connie Davies is a wonderful lady. She's a school teacher by trade. And she literally uh, lives in North Carolina, but went to Arkansas. Um, and she wanted to defend a patriot. Defendapatriot.com is the website. And we're talking about an FBI agent who pled guilty to destroying evidence. Yeah, they literally intentionally, the FBI literally intentionally framed now a political prisoner. Why? Because he backed Donald Trump. 
He's former Arkansas State Senator John Woods. He's a wonderful gentleman, but he's in prison now for 18-plus years, even though we know that the government withheld and destroyed exculpatory evidence. All right? This guy is a thug, in my opinion. Former FBI, I'm calling him a thug. Robert F. Cesario is his name. He literally destroyed evidence, but he predictably avoids prison. It's a sad tale, folks. It's a sad tale to tell. Regardless of facts, criminal government officials go free. American patriots go directly to prison. It's a tragic reality. Anyway, Miss Davies doing a great job attending the rally, attending the court, um, I don't know what you want to call it, hearing, sentencing for this FBI agent who virtually got no jail time. It is a sad tale to tell. I'll tell. I'll tell you what, it's just like, what on earth is going on? Here's the worst of it, ladies and gentlemen. You want to know what his defense was? His defense was, hey, other FBI agents have lied. Other agents have destroyed evidence. Other agents, well, and they didn't really get anything more than a slap on the hand. So why should I get a slap on the hand when they didn't? Therefore, the judge literally continuing the criminal activity government agents frame people attack people destroy people's entire lives put them in prison making them political prisoners and then you know what no accountability whatsoever it is a disgrace all right so we have that we also talked about columbia university has now decided they decided they love hillary clinton so they've asked hillary clinton to join the teaching staff as a professor and a, quote, presidential fellow. I kid you not. (laughs) They want her to be a professor of politics. So Clinton announced on Thursday that she has accepted the Columbia University, quote, professorship. And she will teach classes on what they call international and public global affairs. Oh, boy. But what do you expect? We reward the deep state criminals. And we somehow, sadly, put patriots in prison. Without further ado, Chris Carlson with me, my co-host today. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you, Sam. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. Battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. All right, there you have it. There's so much to talk about before we get to the issues of the day that you have. But the first one I have is this, Chris. Kevin McCarthy became Speaker of the House after 15 rounds. Now, there's an article written by my dear fellow talk show host, Wayne Allen Root. It's in WND.com. You can see it now. But here's what Wayne Allen has to say, and I mirror his views. Ready? Kevin McCarthy is a fraud, a coward, and a pansy. Wayne Allen Root on supposed GOP Humiliation. Look, the entire media and the entire government leadership at the single party is gaslighting you, my fellow Americans. All right. So that's the response from Wayne Allen Root. He says, look, McCarthy is a problem. Well, my response is McCarthy's a traitor. He's part of the swamp. He isn't trustworthy. He isn't reliable. How can we trust him? He is Pelosi 2.0, folks. That's what McCarthy is. 
And if you think anything is different, I got a couple of questions for you. Ready? Will he release all the J6 evidence? Will he investigate the FBI? I think the answer is a clear, resounding no. We could have predicted this. What a shame and a disgrace. The House has a slim majority and a leader that will not let anything come to the floor that really matters, Chris. Well, one qualification that he does have is that he had a relationship with the congresswoman in 2015. And that's one of the qualifications for Congress in general, if you if um, you, you want to put it that way, Sam. Uh, they have to have some sort of a scandal that they need to keep into the closet. So that gives them leverage over him. And another principle, if at first you don't succeed, lie, lie again. And, uh, yeah, no, everything you said about Kevin McCarthy is correct. That's why they had to, to pound that square peg into that round hole. And if at first you don't succeed, just use a bigger hammer. And I, I haven't been kind of up on what, how they did. How did they do it? Did they involve some Democrats in the voting process? They won some over to his side. I, I've been out of the loop. I remember like number. I, you lost me on like number twelve. And um, <laughs> how did they get him through? <laughs> I got tired of listening to the votes over and over and over again. But I knew, I knew Sam. Like I said before, I knew that they would shove him through like a square peg into a round. How do they get him through? And you ask. Uh, easy. You ready? Yeah. yeah. Lie, yes. cheat. Steel, twist arms, backroom deals, sell us south, supposed concessions. Don't do, do these people know that there is backlash on the part of the American citizenry? Do they not yes. care about that? Yes, but not they enough backlash so to power. matter, though. Not enough backlash to matter, though. Nobody's going to care. See, I think everybody who voted for McCarthy as speaker, everyone who voted for him, needs to absolutely be removed from office. But the American people won't demand yeah. that. They won't, they won't have such overwhelming vote uh, to remove these people that you can't commit vote fraud and, and steal it. Uh, the American people will just be like laissez-faire, whatever you want to say, where they're just like, hey, it's okay. We're not going to do anything about it, right? Yeah. Yep, you're right. I mean, we, we have short okay. memories. Now, if the American people would remove all these people, right? I mean, i got to go look up the numbers, and I don't have them in front of me. I haven't had time to check because I've been setting up for this live event at the Eagle Forum. I'm live at the Eagle Forum right now. But all I'm telling you is, look, how many Republicans and Democrats voted for what? How many people literally were the traitors and betrayed us, right? Yeah. yeah. We know enough of the the 20 had to cave. Yeah, boy, it'd be interesting to find out what was going through their minds when they decided to change their votes. But... Well, we'll and dig into that here a little bit part. later as the broadcast unfolds. And I am live from the Eagle Forum. We'll try to see if we can grab a guest towards the end of the second hour of the broadcast to kind of typify that. But look, McCarthy's a traitor. He's part of the swamp. What a shame this is, in my opinion. I really want to know, will he release all the J6 evidence? And will he literally investigate, I would say, indict FBI members? I doubt it, Chris. When we come back, we need to talk yep. about the essence of good government, ladies and gentlemen. The antithesis uh, of what we see (laughs) last night in the House, the complete opposite should prevail. The essence of honest, good government. Liberty Roundtable live in seconds. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. The award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, 
breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson on your radio. I'm live from the Eagle Forum in Salt Lake City. Delighted to be here. The Eagle Forum, one of the premier solutions for America's difficulties today. A group of people with chapters all across the country making a difference for the great United States of America, ladies and gentlemen. You got to love that. Uh, all right, Chris Carlson, uh, we're going to talk about the essence of government. Uh, you know, we really need to understand the proper role of government. The founding fathers understood it. Let's start there, Chris. They certainly did, and they, they understood the principle of nullification very well. And to give you an idea, um, in 1861, the South seceded from the North, and people were just appalled at the fact that how, how could they do that? Well, they, apparently back then, Americans had pretty short memories as well because that's exactly – what our founding fathers did in the case of their uh, political ties to Great Britain. And uh, today we're even more lost than that. We think that secession or state nullification, more uh, specifically titled, is, is an act of rebellion that is akin to seceding the South seceding from the North. And it's uh, obviously – and, of course, there's a lot more to it than that. Anyway, bringing you forward, uh, I had a conversation with the Senate, the Utah State Senate president here, and I told them, I mean, I think we were talking about Obamacare at the time. I can't remember the man's name. He was the president of the uh, Utah State Senate, and I said, you know, if there is an unconstitutional law, the states have the power and the right and the obligation to nullify it, and that is good government. And he said, no, no, you, if we do that, we're, we're going to be just like the South did in 1861. You know, and we're going to end up starting a civil war, and it's going to be a big mess. 
and he just didn't understand the principle. So when I talk about the essence of good government, what I'm talking about is if you boil everything down to its its essence, as it were, you know, what is government? What is the purpose of government? Uh, what is bad government? What is good government? Basically, good government promotes promotes the general welfare of the people. And when it ceases to promote the general welfare of the people, it becomes bad government. And I don't care if a law is passed and is in black and white uh, or not. Good government is good government, um, no matter who's promoting it or you know whether or not it's been passed um, in a body of legislatures or or Congress or whatever. So I use the analogy. If I were walking past a public swimming pool, if you, Sam, were walking past a public swimming pool after dark and there was, a, there was somebody drowning in it, and there was a sign on the fence around the swimming pool that said, swimming after dark prohibited by law. And I, and I use this analogy to, to, to get people to think in different ways about law and about government. And I say, would you jump in and save that man or that woman from drowning? And, you know, to a person, they say, of course I would. Well, you would be breaking the law. You know, you would be, you know, like the South in, during the Civil War, you would be a rebel. Wouldn't, isn't that a bad thing? You know, haven't we been taught, you know, to always obey the law? And then I get people to think in those terms, uh, and hopefully they get a different perspective on, on what really is law. And Ezra Taft Benson, I think, put it, put it best. He said, anything that if you or I or any other normal citizen did and it would offend our conscience – the government shouldn't do the same thing in our behalf and be able to get away with it. That, that's the essence of bad government. Okay. But if we could do it as individuals and be justified morally uh, and biblically by doing that, the government should be, be able to do the same exact thing in our behalf. That's why charity on the, the level of the federal government is so offensive. And it should be to every citizen in this uh, constitutional union, Sam, because what it does, in essence, it basically takes money by force or the threat of force from one group of people and gives it to another group of people, which if you or I or any other citizen across this land tried to do, we would be uh, arrested, prosecuted, and thrown in jail for theft. And it doesn't matter what the cause is that we're, we're redistributing the money for, even if we label it charity, it is nonetheless theft. So that gives you an idea. If you boil it down to its, um, to its simplest form and ask yourself if you did it the same way that the government does it on our behalf and it, it would offend your conscience, then you, the government shouldn't be doing it on our behalf. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's a very difficult discussion when we talk about the proper role of government because you're right. I would save the person drowning. Uh, and I think this really underscores the real proper role of limited government. Look, there's che checks and balances in the republic, Chris. And those checks and balances, um, a lot of times people believe it's just between the three branches of government, the legislative, the judicial, and the executive. And they think it's just on the general government level. That's not true. It's throughout our entire system. You got checks and balances between the three branches of government. That's horizontal. But then you've got vertical checks and balances as well, where the states are on top. They created the general government, which is on the bottom. And there's dual sovereignties, meaning that certain, the states have certain responsibilities, thus the, the state's constitutions. Then you have the general government responsibility down 
beneath the states who created it. The tail doesn't wag the dog, so you've got a separation there. But you mentioned this, would I do this action, even though it was against government to save the life of an individual? And the answer is clearly, yes, I would. And this comes to the very heart is that we, the people, cannot delegate to government authority that we don't have. And conversely, we, the people, must judge the law as well as we judge the individual. So I judge the law and say, look, this law, I get it, but I'm not going to obey it because there's a greater law saving someone's life. Yes. And so this is true, Maybe not only in our individual life. lives and decisions that we need to make, but it's also true in a fully informed grand jury. Okay. And that's what yes. fully informed is all about when it comes to juries, where we talk about this and say, hey, you know what? I need to judge the law. I say, look, so-and-so did this. Maybe he shouldn't have done it. But you know what? The greater moral issue uh, is what was done or what was defended or what was not done. And it depends on the situation. But the point being, there's greater, there's a hierarchy of morals, if you will. Things are not political, Chris. Things are moral. Okay? They want to say that everything's political because they want to divide us. and They want us to fight about who's right and who's wrong. It isn't a matter of who's right and who's wrong, Chris. It's a matter of what's right and what's wrong. And the morality is the key that we need to focus on. I'm not interested in politics, but I'm certainly interested in standing for the moral cause. I'm interested in not who's right but what's right. I'm interested in standing with what is right. And I don't want to pick on individuals. I want to focus on principles. And that's why I reject Kevin McCarthy as speaker, because he's not a principled man. That's all. I don't hate him as a person. He might be great to go out to lunch with. He might be wonderful to have on a bowling team. That's fine. But that isn't the proper role of government when we have these clowns, uh, as Dr. Bradley calls them, these buffoons, uh, leading us. They have no business leading us. They don't have fidelity to the supreme law of the land. They don't have fidelity to the checks and balances, and they don't have facility, fidelity to this moral principle, this hierarchy of morality that you bring up, Chris. Yeah, but, but I guarantee you most people will say, well, fair is fair. We, we did this in a democratic way, which we did anything in any way but democratic. Uh, but even if we did it in a democratic way, uh, democracies were one of the things that the founding fathers most feared because they, they end up, they're very tumultuous. They're very divisive, uh, and they, they, they shift our focus from what is right and what is wrong to what is democratic, and, uh, and that gets us into all sorts of problems. So, you know, the democratic, democratic Adolf Hitler, for example, was voted into office in 1833 democratically, and I don't know of anybody except maybe Kanye West who would defend Adolf Hitler. <laughs> you know, obviously the democratic process does not always lead – I won't defend Adolf Hitler at all in any sense of the word because of how evil the man was. But look, he was a son of God that that mm-hmm. has fallen. Okay, let's be very clear. Yep. He's a brother and sister in the human race. But since we reject everything that he did and everything that he stood for, for the most part, um, you know, he's fallen from grace. So we need to kind of understand that, though. And, hey, we can acknowledge good that someone brings to the table. We're supposed to embrace truth wherever it's found. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's debates about him developing, uh, you know, uh, the microphone or this or that. And so we can't reject everything that Kanye West says. We need to be very careful that we're not giving um, a wide berth. In other words, praising someone too much for things that, that cloud the, their real uh, essence, if you will. They really accomplished in their lives. That's important. 
But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about a murder of a person. And this person literally ended up becoming uh, kind of the, um, I don't know what you want to call, call it, poster child. Because we, uh, we yeah, get this situation child. where most, most people don't feel responsible for anything, Chris. They feel like uh, uh, somebody else is responsible, never me. I'm never the one that has responsibility. Yes. One of the greatest things in America yes. we need to learn to do as Americans is take personal and then societal responsibility. We'll talk about that coming up. We got to do it because it relates to the honest essence of the proper role of constitutional government on Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Jeremy Scott. In a historic vote for Speaker of the House that went into the wee hours of Saturday, the House of Representatives finally elects a new Speaker, California Republican Kevin McCarthy. I hope one thing is clear after this week. I never give up. McCarthy claiming victory after the longest House Speaker election since 1859. It delayed the House from swearing in all members. President Biden is congratulating McCarthy, releasing a statement this morning calling for bipartisanship in the new Congress. New York Congressman Hakeem Jeffries becomes the first black lawmaker to lead a party in Congress. After all, 212 Democrats unanimously voted for him in the final tally for House Speaker. He'll lead the House Democratic minority over the next two years. Ahead of his first trip to the U.S. southern border as commander-in-chief, President Biden announces the U.S. will accept 30,000 people per month from four nations for two years and offer the ability to work legally. I will visit the border myself this Sunday in El Paso. From there, Biden will travel on to Mexico City to meet with North American leaders on Monday and Tuesday. Border crossings by migrants from Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Haiti have risen most sharply with no easy way to quickly return them to their home countries. Even with the current Title 42 health law restrictions in place, the president has seen the number of migrants crossing the U.S.-Mexico border rise dramatically during his two years in office. In Washington, I'm Victoria Idoni. Bump stocks, which can be added as semi-automatic weapons in order to increase their rate of fire, are no longer banned after a federal appeals court strikes down the rule put into place by the Trump administration. It came in the wake of the October 2017 shooting in Las Vegas, where the shooter used weapons with bump stocks in the deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history. This is USA News. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, It's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. And it's true, the typical family switching to MediShare saves 500 bucks or more a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people, but what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. There are 400,000 members. They've shared over $4 billion in medical bills, and it really is a great community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, They'll waive your new member fees, and you'll save an additional 10% off all of 2023. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month of next year, but it's a very limited time offer. You have to sign up before January 15th. Great savings, great health care. Find out more. Call now, 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. 
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. We lost Chris Carlson. We'll have to get him back in the meantime. We're talking about the essence of the proper role of constitutional government, ladies and gentlemen. And we're talking about this interesting character in history that was murdered. Uh, And for decades, the psychological and psychiatric manuals followed this interesting phenomenon that Chris is going to tell you about. Chris, do we have you back, buddy? Okay, yes, Sam. Yeah, I am right here. I was just waiting. Yeah, you somehow got lost, so we got you. Okay. So we're going to talk about the Genovese syndrome, also known as the bystander effect. So it's based on an account of a murder that occurred on March 13th of 1964 of a a young lady, 28-year-old gal, who was a bartender named Kitty Genovese. And she was murdered by a man by the name of Robert Mosley. And she was a bartender, so she worked late and was coming home. Uh, quite late, about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, one evening, when Robert, and this is just an abbreviated ca- account in the interest of time, Sam. So Robert Mosley ran after her as she was entering her apartment building, overtook her and, and stabbed her several times. Uh, Kitty Genovese uh, said, oh, my gosh, he stabbed me. Help me. Several neighbors heard the cry, but only a few of them recognized the sound as a cry for help. I don't know whether or not that's true or not. Nevertheless, some people did hear her, hear her and recognize her uh, cries as pleas for help. When Robert Moser, one of the neighbors, shouted at the attacker, let that girl alone. So at least one knew that something unseemly was uh, transpiring. So Mosley ran away, and Genevieve slowly made her way towards the rear entrance of the building, seriously injured and out of view of any witnesses. Okay, now Mosley, the... the uh, attacker entered his car he drove away and then returned 10 minutes later so there's at least 10 minutes where people could have responded to uh kitty genovese's pleas for help okay he, he looked and eventually found uh kitty genovese who was barely conscious conscious and lying in a hallway at the back of the building where she lived uh and then uh, there was a locked door apparently she couldn't get her keys to open the door so out of view of the street and those who may have heard or seen any sign of the initial attack. This is, uh, this account is uh, Wikipedia. So obviously they're going to have a biased position on this. So I think they're trying to make excuses for bystanders who didn't respond. Anyway, out of view of the street and those who may have heard or seen any sign of the initial attack, Mosley stabbed Genevieve several more times before raping her and stealing $49 from her and then running away. The, the attack spanned approximately half an hour. Now, I know that's a, kind of a long-winded uh, account, but it illustrates the principle that people, unless they are told to do something or unless there's a specific protocol uh, associated with something, people will just sit around and wait for uh, legal letter authorities to take care of a problem. And that is a problem because that is a bad example of self-government. So, one of the things that uh, our founding fathers were very good at, Sam, and you know, I'm, I'm sorry to use them as examples, but they are very good examples. They knew that if something was going to happen, it was either going to happen by them or it wasn't going to happen at all. Because in their situation with the British government, the government was literally hostile to their interests. And in the case of Kitty Genovese, there were several people that could have and should have responded for her pleas of help. And for whatever reason, and I think this uh, the situation is much worse today because this happened in 1964. People uh, have this mentality that, you know, if it's something like law enforcement 
or or changing uh, things politically, well, they're the legal letter authorities who are democratically elected that have not only the power but the responsibility of, of creating change in our society. And the only thing that we can do is, is vote every two two years. And I reject that notion entirely. I think, and I use this analogy, Sam, you've heard it before, but I think it bears repeating in context uh, of in context of the subject that we're talking about. And I tell people, well, you've got your federal government, you've got your state governments, you've got your local municipal governments, and then in some cases you actually have neighborhood governments, like in neighborhood watch programs. And I say of, of all the levels of government that we benefit from or not in most cases, uh, which is the most important level of government? And, of course, it's a trick question because I didn't mention the most important level of government, which, as you and I both know, Sam, is self-government. And that's what has made this nation a, a great nation. And, the, and by neglecting our God-ordained uh, responsibility to be self-governed and to do everything within our sphere of power and our sphere of influence to try to improve things around us, uh, in, in even at the state level where we have access to, um, for example, I have access to my local legislator. Uh, I've got them on speed dial. But people, because people think that we elect representatives to do all the work for us, and if anything's going to get done, it's going to be done by government, we neglect not only our, our responsibility but our obligation to affect change in whatever way we feel that we can. And the founding fathers were brilliant at that. In fact, they, you know, through acts of uh, rebellion, we're going to get into like the Boston Tea Party. We're going to get into, uh, we already talked about uh, state, did we talk about state nullification? The Virginia and Kentucky resolutions? Well, we've talked about that plenty in the past, but it's certainly worth repeating. Let's stick with this uh, Genovese syndrome for a second more, this, this, you know, there's many okay. cases in public where you can see someone pleas for help and uh, someone's, you know, getting a beating in public and everybody kind of walks by or just gawks and doesn't know what to do. Uh, this syndrome is real, folks, and it's paralyzing to people. Now, there are the few exceptions who take action to protect people. We hear stories about that as well. Everybody is not subject to this, but the masses sadly certainly are. And that's what we need to really kind of understand about this syndrome is you need to make sure that you're not one of those. Okay. There's two kinds of people in this world. There's the leaders and there's the followers, right? The followers get yep. paralyzed by this standby, you know, uh, syndrome, this Gen uh, Genevieve syndrome. Um, the leaders don't fall or succumb to this. Leaders clearly take action when action is needed. Uh, and this is the, kind of the difference here. There was no leaders in the in the sad case of her. That's why this stood in the tech uh, the textbooks for you know the psychologists and psychiatrists for like forty years because they um, you know thought that everybody was kind of subject to this. Uh, but we're learning now clearly they're not. And I'll give you a couple examples. In nine eleven, you know, a couple of those people said, "Hey, let's rock and roll. Let's do something about this and make sure that our plane uh, doesn't hit the twin towers or whatever." There were leaders on that plane. Some of the other planes, there were not leaders. There's leaders in certain circumstances where, um, you know, people have, have taken action and prevented massive, ma massive meltdowns. I can't remember if it was the American Family Association, but one of those groups had a thug come in uh, and, a, and a guard literally took action. Or some of these churches where uh, somebody who's armed takes action and stops the criminal. There are examples where people defy the odds of this syndrome. Uh, and it's really important to train yourself to be one of those 
people. Do not stand idly by. Do not just say, oh, I'm part of this great uh, syndrome or the bystander effect. I will not be part of the bystander effect. I will not. And whether this comes from your personal life, whether it comes from catastrophe that you may face, or whether it relates to the proper role of constitutional government or the essence of the proper role of government, the Founding Fathers understood the essence of the proper role of government. Okay, they say in the course of human events, and this is an example where without a few leaders, because we're talking about leaders and followers here, without a few dedicated leaders, we would have never had the Declaration of Independence in the first place, Chris. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, that was an act of rebellion, you know, and people talk about January 6th, which uh, anniversary just passed yesterday, Sam, and how terrible it was. People went up to the Capitol. They never killed anybody. Uh, One of them was killed. They claimed that 10 police officers were killed, Capitol police officers. That was a lie that they perpetrated and stuck with some people. But but they talk about January 6th as if it was this horrible act. Well, what did our founding fathers do? They did a lot worse. I mean, they they took up arms literally against an, an entire nation that was ruling over them, um, whose lease had had been had expired because of uh, abuses and usurpations. Uh, how how was what happened on January sixth? Although we know that it was led by agents provocateur, how was that in principle different than what our founding fathers did? And yet we condemn these people. Um, even Ron DeSantis condemned. Uh, the the people who are now rotting in jail as a result of participating in storming the Capitol building. Anyway, I I know there are probably subtle differences. Uh, we probably should not have. Well, I think there's real. I think there's uh, real Capitol. fundamental differences that we could talk about in a second. But let's highlight what the founders did. Not only did they pick up guns, not only did they cl- declare their independence, uh, but remember along the way, before the Revolutionary War, they had a lot of interesting things they did too. The Boston Tea Party comes to mind. We'll talk about that in seconds with Chris Carlson. You are listening to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey. Well, now you can, thanks to LocalHoneyMan.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at LocalHoneyMan.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. 
and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. back to Liberty Roundtable with Chris Carlson and Sam Bushman, not necessarily in that order, <laughs> of course. But anyway, the Founding Fathers, Sam, as, as hopefully we've established so far, uh, this far into the show, they understood the principle of good governance or good government. After years of appealing to the British government for redress of grievances, our Founding Fathers understood the essence of good government and the principle of morally expedient governmental innovation. This principle can be found in our founding document, the Declaration of Independence. And I'll go ahead and read that. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary, and I would add morally justifiable, for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impelled them to the separation. And they went on to list all the causes, you know, in all fairness, they have to justify their separation. But this was an act of treason. You have to understand that. If if they had lost the Revolutionary War, all these men, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, James Madison, they would have been hung and because that, that was what they did to traitors. But in our eyes as Americans, and hopefully most Americans still feel this way, I kind of doubt it with a lot of people, especially Democrats nowadays and most Republicans, they don't feel that way. Uh, I remember as a kid, Sam, uh, we, used to, um, we used to reject this notion of royalty. You know, whenever the royal family, you know, is talked about, we like, oh, we're, I'm glad we don't live in Great Britain where we're under the thumb yeah, of but, the queen. Yeah, but before we get to the royalty discussion, though, let's really take on this issue because you compared January 6th to uh, the Revolutionary yeah. Days, uh, and the Founding Fathers wisely justified themselves in the Declaration of Independence, and they were really concerned before they decided to declare their independence that, you know what, are we on solid ground before God and before the world? And so they took painstaking efforts to justify that, you know what, they had tried everything and they are now yeah, down to the maybe. wire where they, there's nothing left to do uh, except for declare their independence. The big difference, and it's that, not a subtle difference, the big difference between their day and our day, in my opinion, is a, a, a couple of fold. Or in other words, a couple of items. Number one, they didn't have the framework of the supreme law of the land with checks and balances as we have. And what that means is they didn't have the seeds yes. of solutions yes. in their very palm. Okay, in America yeah. right Written now, because of the Constitution, we have the seeds for solutions. I'll give you an example. You know what? Kevin McCarthy got stopped 15 or 14 times uh, by the House of Representatives, and then the 15th time he, he twisted enough arms and won. It's a disgrace. But let me make the point. Yes. 
if the people do not want Kevin McCarthy as the speaker, then they need to make everyone who voted for the erroneous speaker to lose office next time, to pay a serious penalty. If we don't do that, though, then we're not using the system that our founders gave us. So our founding fathers didn't have a check and balance mm-hmm. with King George. They just had tyranny or death, treason, uh, or you know, you, by hanging. You and I could literally stop Kevin McCarthy in his tracks. We could literally, yes. in 2024 now, because we've lost our opportunity and, and elected derelicts to the office, uh, to the point where now we're in trouble. Well, but if we could literally, in, in, yes. in 2024, we could remove all 435 members of Congress if we chose to. We can move, remove everyone who voted for the uh, bogus speaker, Kevin McCarthy. Okay, but the American people are going to do nothing. They're going to go, hey, when's the next ball game on? I'm going to go out to a restaurant. I'm going to go country dancing. I'm going to this. I'm going to that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend and get and whatever. And You cannot expect America to function properly when the people are disengaged, derelict in their duty, and immoral. Okay, so... What I'm saying is that subtle difference. So those who show, showed up at the Capitol, I'm not criticizing every one of them, any of them. Those who committed vandalism and or destroyed things, I am being critical of. Uh, yes. So we need to be very careful of what we're standing for. Do I think we're justifiable at this point to create a Boston Tea Party or the equivalent thereof? No, I don't. Why don't I? Because we still have an American government that works. Now, you can criticize the Constitution. You can say that it's been set aside, that it's been, in many ways it has. But by whom? Our leaders or us as a people? What if tomorrow we insisted on it? And we removed 435 members of the House in 24 and a third of the Senate in the 24 and elected a new president. But until we literally demand change and follow it up mm-hmm. with action, we can't criticize what goes wrong too harshly because we have nobody to blame but ourselves okay the founding fathers did not have that blessing or luxury remember their suffering their bleeding their death their loss of fame and fortune and their sacred honor and everything else is the very reason we have what they didn't have that's a huge difference and then in the declaration of independence they finished by saying look for light and transient purposes you don't have the right to get rid of your government it's only when it's absolutely justifiable and necessary And until we exercise all the capabilities we have that the framework of the supreme law of the land afford, we have no business jumping the gun, so to speak, on this, Chris. And that is the quintessential point. Good point. That that is a good point. Yeah, for light and transient causes, you know, we don't take up arms against the government. And that is a very important point because right now I think there still is possibility that we can address our grievances peacefully. And we're doing that. That's why we're on the radio you you every six days a week, me once a week. But, um, yeah, no, we still have that at our disposal. Now, there may come a time, there may not. I don't know. I'm, I'm still holding out for peaceful resolution. I'm an optimist in that sense. But I'm a realist in the sense that I know that there's a very distinct possibility that we will not be able to resolve things peacefully. And my approach is not to go storming the Capitol. And, you know, I will – those people who criticize – uh, the individuals who stormed the Capitol who were not part of the FBI or CIA secret operation, you know, I will uh, criticize them for making a bad moral judgment because that, that's just bad optics, what happened there on January 6th. Well, and, and, and the problem with the bad optics, though, is that the, the betrayers, the provocateurs, the, 
um, enemies of liberty are the ones that made this happen. Most folks were at the Capitol and yeah. were absolutely peaceful. Yeah. And I don't have any criticism of their actions to try to have a peaceful redress of grievance. Remember, you don't have the right to protest and riot in the streets, okay? That's not what your First Amendment says, people. Go read it. You have the right to peacefully assemble. Now, you can say, well, Sam, that's yeah. the same as the right to protest. No, it's not. No, it isn't. Don't play games with me. We're going to hold the moral yeah. high ground on this, ladies and gentlemen. A peaceful protest is what it says. A, or, I'm sorry, a peaceful assembly is what it says. A protest is a level yeah. further. A riot is a level further. Do you see how the slippery slope takes us right mm -hmm. down the we lost the moral high ground discussion now? To peacefully assemble is not to protest and riot. It is not for property to be destroyed. It is not for people to be harmed uh, in the process, okay? Um, the enemies of liberty want to make sure that every peaceful protest turns into a riot or every peaceful assembly turns into a riot because they want to destroy your First Amendment. And what better way than to say every time you guys do this, it goes wrong and you're the, you're the cause. Um, we need to realize there's levels of, of efforts in America. I believe we're at the peaceful assembly stage. I don't believe we're at the riot stage. I don't believe we're at the we need to take arms against our government stage, not even close. I think we're at the stage where enough Americans need to be educated to stand together using the checks and balances that America's known for. All right? I'll give you another quick example. Let's say the federal government says, hey, we're going to have gun control in your state. Your state needs to nullify now. And you brought that up. Let's talk about nullification, Chris. Yep, nullification, and that, and that is not an unprecedented um, approach to getting rid of bad laws, unconstitutional laws, and it happened as early as 1798, Sam. The Kentucky and Virginia resolutions were drafted by Thomas Jefferson and James Madison, respectively. You recognize those names? They're, you know, pretty high-profile people back in the day, right? <laughs> uh, very highly esteemed among uh, constitutionalists today. They issued the Kentucky and Virginia resolutions in, in those respective states. The resolutions declared that the several states are united by compact under the Constitution and that the Constitution limits federal authority to certain enumerated powers. And when those enumerated powers are, are breached, in, in other words, when, when the federal government goes beyond those enumerated powers, all out of the Tenth Amendment, then the states have no obligation to enforce their laws. You know, just talk to Richard Mack about that. You know, in his uh, landmark case, uh, Prince, uh, Prince Mack, the, the U.S. government, or I'm not sure exactly how that was written out. So basically what happened in 1798 is John Adams, of all people, as the president of the United States, signed um, the, the Alien and Sedition Acts, which, um, and I'll read what, what they did. Uh, under this act, dozens of people were prosecuted under the Sedition Act with prosecutions targeted at newspaper editors who favored the new Democratic slash Republican Party that Jefferson had uh, helped to form. And there's one of the problems right there. They had formed um, political parties that would create division and a, a sense of, of team and mentality. And that's something that George Washington, as we've talked about many, many times on this show, Sam, uh, warned our founding fathers and interesting enough as soon as george washington left office what did they do they began to divide up into two major political parties uh the federalists and the democratic republicans 
and I, I think a lot of, and I didn't mean to go off on a tangent, but so, so basically what the Alien and Sedition Act did is it basically, um, it, it looked at people suspiciously and uh, it gave the federal government permission to to deport them from the country because they may have wrote something that was critical of the, in this case, the fe- the Federalists who were then in power. Obviously, that's a violation of the Tenth Amendment. Um, the state, the, if the states need, you know, wanted to uh, exercise police powers, the states have the power to, you know, uh, implement uh, police powers. Yeah, remember the dual anyway. sovereignty of America, ladies and gentlemen. We delegated certain but limited authorities to the general government. By the way, A.K.A. your Constitution highlights those in great detail. Uh, and then the Ninth and Tenth Amendments basically say, and anything we didn't tell you. It isn't on the table, folks. Anything we overlooked, it isn't on the table. Uh, so they were very clear. Your state constitution gives broad authority to the states for the proper role of government. So dual sovereignties with delegated authority to each that is separate and distinct. Well, that's the quintessential point when it comes to this idea uh, of nullify now. The states don't have to obey the general government. The general government is a creation of the states, not the other way around. And so we need to clearly understand that and insist on these checks and balances. When they say they want to insist on gun control in your state, your state needs to say, "Um, I don't think so. You don't have any authority. And they can go back to the Sheriff Richard Mack case at the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association to make that very point. It is very clear. Richard Mack beat Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court over this very important issue. There are many other issues we could nullify now on. But see, we've got a lot of incredible tools that the founders never had. That's the big difference when we think about what we're justified in doing or not doing versus what they were justified in doing and not doing. When we come back, let's talk about this idea. Some say all men are created equal. We'll talk about it, are they? What does that mean? We'll drill into it in seconds. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. We are Liberty Roundtable Live, broadcasting from Eagle Forum, Utah State Convention Live, on the Loving Liberty Radio Network. God save the Republic. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live with Sam Bushman and Chris Carlson. I will start this segment off. All men are not created equal. What? That doesn't sound like a quote from our founding father, Thomas Jefferson, but he even said it himself. Uh, Let me read what he said. Now, this is in a letter to John Adams. Um, He said, For I agree with you that there is a natural aristocracy among men. The grounds of this are virtue and talents. He goes on to say there is also an artificial aristocracy founded on wealth and birth without either virtue or talent. Sounds like the aristocracy that we have ruling us today, Sam. The natural aristocracy, this is Thomas Jefferson's quote continued, the natural aristocracy I consider as the most precious gift of nature for the instruction, the trusts, and government of society. 
May we not even say that that form of government is the best, which provides the most effectual for a pure selection of these natural aristoi, that's Greek for aristocracy, into the offices of government. The artificial aristocracy, on the other hand, is a mischievous ingredient in government, and provision should be made to prevent its ascendancy. End of quote. So Thomas Jefferson literally contradicts himself, Sam. You know, in the Declaration of Independence, he said that all men are created equal. And that's true in a sense, in this sense, the sense that we should all be given equal opportunity for success and freedom, which we are not experiencing currently, as we talked about. Not only equal opportunity for success and freedom, but equal protection under the law, Chris. And this is kind of what I find exactly. fascinating. In this, in this last couple of days, I've been talking to people about this FBI agent that literally framed a um, former Arkansas Wood. state senator by the name of John Woods. Okay, this um, FBI John agent Wood. literally framed him, okay? And the problem with that is we don't have equal protection under the law. John Woods sits in prison right now, whereas this criminal FBI agent walks free even though the real criminal in yep. this situation is the FBI agent. So we got to talk about equal opportunities when all men are created equal, but we also have to talk about equal protection under the law. And that's really the most important understanding of um, all men are created equal. What it means is the color of your skin doesn't matter or shouldn't matter. The founders understood that and they set the stage to jettison slavery and wisely so. Uh, but it relates to all kinds of things but not to people. I'll give you an example. I'm a blind person. You can see. We certainly are not created equal. Right. Yes. And, um, no, that, that's a good distinction. So we should seek for the best and the brightest uh, to support in the halls of government. And we're doing a lousy job of that. As a 75% Christian We nation, certainly I are. Now, it's but, also important you know, to understand when we talk about the, the uh, all men are created equal, there are natural born leaders and followers. All right. Yeah. We all don't have the same amount of charisma, so to speak. Right. And I'm not trying mm-hmm. to be, uh, you know, self-grandizing here. But when I walk into a room, I have a little bit of charisma. I have a little bit of I, I talk mm-hmm. loud. I, I, I tend to end up the center of the attention. It's not that I desire that or I mean that. It's just my nature. It's my who I am. When I get into a room, yes. I naturally provide some leadership. Now, that's not meant to focus on me, but it is meant to focus on a principle. When George Washington walks into a room, hey, he's the natural leader in the room. I'm not. Yeah. Okay? Um, because the, he's, he's, he's taller. He's got this regal bearing. He's got all these different things that I don't mm-hmm. have. And so when the general... George Washington walks in the room. He's the commanding figure in the room. Now you take somebody else who may be very shy, and they're going to feel intimidated by the two of us. And, and so I'm using me as a stepping stone for comparison to make the point. To compare to the shy person in the room, you know what? I might have charisma and draw attention. Compared to, say, a George Washington who walks into the room, um, you know what? I get eclipsed. I'm not afraid to say that. I'm just making a point that we all have talent. Now take that shy person in the room. They may be the one that wrote the common sense, right? They may uh, be the one to write yeah. uh, Thomas Paine's prose. They may not be the magnetic person in the room when it comes to speech or, or regal bearing or those things, but they command in their own way. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, we all have talents. 
and our talents are all different. And that's okay. That's meant to be. That's all right. But it doesn't mean one person's above the other in God's eyes. And it doesn't mean one is above the other in government eyes. The equal protection of God-given inalienable rights. Okay, and so this is what our founders meant when they said all men are created equal. We're not equal in every other sense at all. And we never will be, right? Um, Intellect is different. Attitudes and talents are different. But let me tell you the most important aspect to a real leader based on this natural reality that we're highlighting here. A real leader realizes that they are the servant of all. That just because they have certain talents, that doesn't make them better. It makes them more accountable to others, right? That is the critical quintessential reality here that we need to understand. It means that they are the servant and they are to use their talents for the embitterment. And I'll give you the great example and why I use George Washington straight out of the gate. General George Washington was given the opportunity for power over and over and over. And what did he do every single time? He absolutely rejected it. He deferred power to others. He, okay, he was the quintessential leader because he understood that power corrupts absolutely. He understood that, you know what, just because I have these incredible talents for leadership, because I look good, because I stand tall, because I can command a room. He realized that didn't give him license to take advantage of that. And that's what separates real leaders, God-ordained leaders, the chosen, if you will, from others, Chris. And anyway, I, I mean to delve into that because I really want people to understand. I believe this is one of the most misconstrued, misunderstood realities. They want to believe that all men are created equal. People get confused of what that means. All men are not created equal, ladies and gentlemen. They are not, and they never will be. However, it's a grand illusion to think that someone's better than another. And that's the trap that we fall into so easily unless we're wise as serpents, harmless as doves, Chris. Well, uh, Kevin McCarthy said that he was entitled. I don't know if he used that word entitlement. He he deserved to, to be the Speaker of the House. I don't know if you remember him saying that. But I said, no, nobody's entitled to anything unless they can pull it off or unless he gets enough votes, in which case he did, but he did it through fraud, as we both know. So as far as I'm concerned, he is an illegitimate leader of the House of Representatives right now. But uh, to continue on this thread of the natural aristocracy, I would like to contrast that like you just did, Um, you know, maybe with a, a, a few additional points, Sam, to what we have today leading our country. So our Constitution was drafted, and I think our founding father did a really good job of trying to establish a government whereby it would be most likely that this natural aristocracy that Thomas Jefferson referred to would rule. As we are now witnessing, however, in our now degraded and degenerated state of human nature, we have gravitated towards something quite different from that natural aristocracy. What we have gravitated towards in the advent of the TV, the advent of the computer, and the advent of the now cell phone where you can do anything that you used to be able to do on your computer on your cell phone, Sam, is we've gravitated toward the worship of an exalted media-generated ruling class which has now gained ascendancy in government. In Europe, this is uh, used to be determined by birth. 
and in Great Britain it still is, of course, with the royal family. But in America, this ruling class has, for the most part, morphed into a media-generated celebrity class. And people don't understand the role that the media plays in our selection of our leaders. It is really insidious if you think about it. And let me see if I can continue on this thread to try to illustrate that. So this media-generated celebrity class is based on superficial talking points presumed to be loosely based in principle and the media promotion of a system that is predicated on this notion that if the image of a celebrity ruler is not presented before our, our eyes on an illuminated screen, screen, excuse me, he or she is not worthy to rule over us. And think about it. Uh, I talk, talk to people all the time about the fact that I voted for Daryl Castle uh, in 2016 for the president of the United States. And they look at me like, who's that? <laughs> because he was never presented before the general populace on an illuminated screen. And it sound, as funny as that may sound, that's how we choose our rulers. If we don't see them on Fox News, CNN, ABC, NBC at all, we don't consider them to be a worthy candidate for our vote. And it's crazy. If you think about it, if you really think about how we choose our leaders, we don't really choose them. The media chooses them. And we, they give us two choices, either of which are safe for the New World Order government that is being, we're being merged into. But we don't well, seem to, to understand that. Well, and to prove your point that. on this, Chris, think of Barack Obama. No one even knew who he was, and instantly he was on the docket to be president of the United States of America. And somehow he became that. The media made that happen. The people didn't even know who this guy was a short time before that. Instantly he was a household name. If there's if there's the greatest example yep. that I can find, it would be that right there, right? Yeah, one day we didn't know his name, the next day he was our man. You know, how how stupid can a populace be to not realize how we're being manipulated in that way, Sam? It's crazy. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable Live continues right here on the Loving Liberty Radio Network. to the listening ear, listening professionals dedicated to hearing you. Hello, listening ear. Who am I listening to? Um, Carrie, but I was calling my mom. Yes, you were, but your mom was so busy she felt it was important for you to have someone who could completely focus on listening to you and you alone. So she subscribed to our service. Go ahead, I'm listening. Well, I'm not quite sure. Where to start? Well, I can listen to school issues like science projects. I can listen to boy problems, although that's an extra $3 per call because of the emotional drain on me. How about we start with how you wish you had made cheerleader? I didn't try out for cheerleader. Uh, this isn't uh, Mary? Carrie. I'm Carrie. Oh, oh, sorry. There is no substitute for a loving parent. And when you really listen, love is what they'll hear. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier. 
and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a grand illusion up there in the halls of Congress. It's become nothing but political theater backed by the mainstream press and the media telling you lies, educating you with nothing but propaganda, acting like everybody else is fake news and that they've got the skinny. The truth is they've been peddling the porn of fake news for quite some time and it's got to stop. Ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is the grand illusion, this idea that, uh, you know, Barack Obama, that you really picked him as your president back in the day. Look, Barack Obama was a nobody. No one even knew his name. Literally months before he became a household name via the mainstream press grand illusion. And that, as a result, we made him president because we thought we, well, we thought we voted him in. He was selected, designated, set up, and delivered by the deep state is the modern term. The shadow government is what I like to call it because it really highlights the reality a little better than the deep state. The shadow government literally put the puppet Barack Hussein Obama in place. That's just one example of the point, Chris. Yeah, and then don't forget we worship him uh, like we should be worshiping our God today. We worship these celebrities as if they're going to save us politically. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, if they're not on our team, and we're going to talk about sports teams. I don't know if you wanted to get into that. But before we do, I want to talk about this celebrity worship. And our politicians, as I just said, Sam, have become these celebrities. And we live our lives by proxy through them. When they succeed, we feel like we're succeeding. When they fail, we feel, feel as if we've uh, failed, just like our favorite sports teams. But this is uh, what um, God warned, warned the ancient Israelites about in the Old Testament, for example. And when I was younger, I used to read the Bible, and I used to read about these gods, uh, Baal and Ashtaroth and um, all these Canaanite gods. And I thought, gee, you know, why, why would God have us read the Bible today when we don't do that today? But I was very naive, and I realized, wait, wait, these, these, these gods like Baal and uh, Molech, they're our modern-day athletes and uh, musicians and now politicians of all people. I mean, they're the least talented of the bunch, right? 
Well, some of them yeah, are, are and the result good, of like this. The result of this, though, when they create this um, Hegelian dialectic propaganda agenda, is they deny us our agency because we're not really able to yes. choose. In other words, you're not choosing if you have three false choices to choose from, three pre-selected yes. options for you to choose from. You're not really choosing as you think you are. Your agency is hindered and or completely shunted, if you will. Chris? Yeah. And that and that music, that intro music was perfect. I you know I, I love Sticks. You know we, you and I saying we grew up listening to Sticks, and that's a beautiful, a great song. So this, of course, as you said, and as the music um, supports, is a grand illusion. And to, to think that we only have two choices: Democrat or Republican, uh, the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles. You know it's the same principle, right? Because when again, when when our team wins, we feel like we've gained a victory. When they lose, we feel like, you know, personally, we've we've lost ground, which is completely and totally preposterous because we are individuals. Yet we want to be part of pe- people by nature want to be part of something bigger than themselves. That's why we glam on to these politicians and do these professional sports teams and college sports teams. But anyway, yeah, it is a grand idea. And as you said, Sam, it denies the principle of individual free agency or if you prefer Christian free will. It's the same thing, just different ways of stating it. Um, and it will ultimately result in the, the destruction of our once noble republic because both teams, in, in our case, Republicans and Democrats alike, are taking us down an unsustainable road to destruction. And if we don't get off this road and if we don't realize that we're basically voting for the lesser of two evils, in which case sometimes they're they're equally evil, I think. I don't think um, Kevin McCarthy, for example, is going to be any better than Nancy Pelosi. I think he's the Democrat. I know that, for example, my representative in the state of Utah, John, not John Stewart, um, but John Curtis, literally was uh, in the Democratic, the state Democratic apparatus here in the state of Utah. A lot of people don't realize that. And there was a, a staffer who recently exposed the fact that he was, in fact, I wish I I'd remembered his name, but but they caught him on candid camera stating that John Curtis was literally a Democrat and he was getting away with pretending like he was a Republican and a conservative. Here, right here in the state of Utah, my own representative, who I didn't vote for, by the way. So anyway, I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. And well, let's but, let's highlight this really quick to make the point, though, Chris. I think that you know when people lie to get elected, you see this guy. Uh, George Santos is the big kind of poster child for this, right? This second from New York, who's in the media, who really uh, literally everything in his life was made up, manufactured, created to what? Foment the grand illusion to really highlight that yeah. okay, none of what he said was true at all. He got elected on fraud. And uh, if John, who did you say, Curtis? Yeah, our representative. I think he's yours, right. isn't he, John Curtis? If, yep. If John Curtis literally is a de- is a Democrat and highlights the fact that he's a Democrat and he's been deceiving the people and pretending he's a Republican or pretending he has the ideals of the Republican Party and or the Republican platform, see that means he got elected on fraud too, Chris. And and people say, yes. well, you know, hey, it, it's not really harmful to lie a little or to deceive a little or you know, it's just you know milking. Uh, w- things for what they're worth or, 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 you know, putting your best foot forward on resume. No, that's not true. That's not true at all, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot pretend, okay? Embellishment on a resume may, might be, 
hey, I did this when I was, a, you know, in my career. And it's like, well, you were part of a team that did that and you claim you did it. Those are embellishments. We're talking about flat out complete fabrications or lies. And the problem with that, ladies and well, gentlemen, is not only does it promote the grand illusion, but it denies people agency based on propaganda. All right, we got to talk about this gentleman that's the father of propaganda to kind of highlight this modern yeah. uh, reality that we face, Chris. Yes, Edward Bernays, the father of propaganda, as you pointed out, Sam, in his seminal 1928 book, Propaganda, that was the title of the book, Propaganda, Edward Bernays asserted that propaganda was not a gimmick but a necessity. Now, if this isn't um, Machiavellian, you, you're familiar with that term, right? Machiavellian would basically yes, say, of course. That, you know, our, ruler, our rulers are, are not only entitled but obligated to whatever it takes to manipulate the public into complying with their measures or conforming to their measures that in anything goes. The end justifies the means. And in the case of Edward Bernays, he barely believed that. In fact, he is credited with, with three things that I know of. And I'm sure if I had read his book, I would have discovered that he, that he uh, manipulated the American public in, in other ways. But he got women to smoke in the 1920s through propaganda, through commercialization, um, mostly through the newspapers and radio had not been invented until what, 1919. But anyway, you got to remember this. This was before the advent of the TV, the advent of the computer, and the cell phone. And um, not only did, did he do that, he actually worked with uh, President Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson as our president in getting our troops committed to the European theater after uh, his first term. And he promised and he bragged about the fact that he kept our troops out of World War One. Okay. And then, of course, he had got women to smoke when before only men smoked cigarettes. And then he apparently he he um, launched a propaganda campaign to get Americans to eat bacon and eggs as a standard American breakfast. I don't know if that's true or not, but he is credited with that. Anyway, here this this statement, this quote from him in his book, Propaganda Sam, is illustrative of uh, his position on who should be uh, ruling. And he, he refers to an invisible government. He says the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in de democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. And I agree with that. He goes on to say, we are governed our minds are molded, our tastes form, and our ideas suggested largely by men we have never heard of. It is they who pulled the wires that control the public mind, unquote. And that's why I call it the shadow government, because the deep state doesn't really articulate as well as the shadow government does about how we're being led by the nose. Our agency is being destroyed based on propaganda and fake news. Liberty Roundtable live in seconds on the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Jeremy Scott. Yeah. 
After 15 ballots, the House of Representatives finally has a new speaker. Republican Kevin McCarthy of California picked up just enough votes to become speaker early Saturday. He addressed the House at a victory speech after making concessions to a small group of conservative holdouts. And now the hard work begins. What we do here today, next week, next month, next year, will set the tone for everything that follows. The final vote was 216 for McCarthy, 212 for Democratic House Leader Hakeem Jeffries, with six representatives voting present. It was the longest House Speaker election since 1859. President Biden is headed to the U.S.-Mexico border in El Paso tomorrow for the first time in his presidency. It's clear that immigration is a political issue that extreme Republicans are always going to run on. They can keep using immigration to try to score political points, or they can help solve the problem. The visit comes during a surge of illegal immigrants at the southern border. The White House is defending Biden's recent crackdown, saying the president is trying to strike a balance between opening legal paths to migration while curbing illegal activity. Biden will travel on to Mexico City for the North American Leaders Summit, where he'll discuss migration, drug trafficking, and climate change. A federal appeals court says no more to the ban on types of bump stocks. Bump stocks used to effectively turn a semi-automatic weapon into a fully automatic one, at least in short bursts. The 2018 bump stock ban, now disfavored by a judge, went into effect in the wake of the October 2017 shooting in Las Vegas, where the shooter used weapons with bump stocks perched from long distance to kill almost 60 people and injure another 850 more in the deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history. I'm Ryan Daniels. A ban in Illinois on dozens of semi-automatic weapons won approval in the state house on Friday. This is USA News. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. And it's true, the typical family switching to MediShare saves 500 bucks or more a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people, but what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. There are 400,000 members. They've shared over $4 billion in medical bills, and it really is a great community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, They'll waive your new member fees, and you'll save an additional 10% off all of 2023. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month of next year, but it's a very limited time offer. You have to sign up before January 15th. Great savings, great health care. Find out more. Call now, 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Government was made for mankind and not the other way around, folks. I know we get that confused a lot in our modern-day political environment, but that's the case. Um, Government should be the servant. And as it appears, nowadays, we are the servants to government. We basically uh, kowtow to their expectations. But that's not the way our founding fathers had set up our limited federalist government system. Um, They made it, they established it in a way that the general government, what we call the um, federal government was supposed to be very small and unobtrusive. In fact, when you refer to government, you know, you'd automatically think of your state government or maybe even your county or your city government. Uh, the state governments were also supposed to be small and unobtrusive. The main government, and this is a point that a lot of people uh, don't understand, Sam, 
but I'm going to, and I know we talked a lot about it already, but it bears repeating. The main government was supposed to be the individual or self-governor operating under the influence of a Christian conscience. And this was a, Christ, a Christian nation. And I know Barack Obama would differ with me on that. And I would suggest that the more we deviate from our Christian foundation, uh, the, the more freedom we're going to lose and the more prosperity we're going to lose. But just like every other government in history, as we're witnessing now, Sam, our focus has shifted from God being our guiding light to government being set up as a modern-day golden calf for our worship. And a lot of people do look to government for redemption and for salvation and deliverance. So Frederick, Frederick Bastier, and we've talked a lot about him in the past, Sam, um, he, was, he is one of my favorite political theorists, and I hate to use the word theorist, but I guess the title is appropriate. He said, life, liberty, and property do not exist because men have made laws. On the contrary, it was the fact that life, liberty, and property existed beforehand that caused men to make laws in the first place and to establish government, I would add. Um, life, liberty, and property are rights gifted to us by God, not government. See, that's where we, we've gotten lost, Sam, in this I would say once Christian nation. I hate to throw this whole nation under the bus because I know there are a lot of really good Christians still left here. And 75% of us, give or take, in this country claim to be Christians. And I find it hard to believe that we've deviated so far away from Christian governing principles when 75% of us here in this country still claim to be uh, Christians and Bible-believing Christians. Um Governments were instituted of God for the benefit of men. Now, now I'm reading uh, scripture from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, and, and this is what we, as members of the LDS Church, believe. Governments were instituted of God for the benefit of man. Okay, So we are accountable to God. And whatever we do in government, if it, it's not in harmony with the principles that God has laid down in the scriptures... It should not be appropriate for uh, ruling people in this country. Government should not uphold anything but that which is godly. Uh, he holds men accountable for their acts in relationship to governments, both in making laws and administering them for the good and safety of society. And, and here's something that I really want to drive home, Sam. We believe that no government can exist in peace, and that's an important designation, in peace except such laws are framed and held inviolate as we will secure each individual, not collective, not groups like, you know, African-Americans or Hispanics or, uh, you know, whites or, or, or groups. Each individual should enjoy the rights that are protected by government. And here are those three rights in general, the free exercise of conscience, the right and control of property, and the right to the protection of life. Now, we have fallen short on all three of those counts, Sam. Uh, I'll give you a really quick example. Uh, the, the right to the free exercise of conscience, for example, was violated when the government – now, now it, it's a little bit more nuanced because the government really didn't force anybody to get the COVID-19 shots during the so-called pandemic, and they, they still are promoting them. But here's where the main violation occurred, Sam, and this is kind of a, a nuanced they they required that we pay the drug companies for the shots. And to me, that was the most egregious violation. Now, they can – and they probably shouldn't have been promoting – I don't see anything in the Constitution where it says you promote uh, medical procedures. So I guess in that sense, 
but they never really forced it. It was private organizations, but that gets into a whole nother discussion. Where did they get their money? You know, did they receive special dispensations and favoritism from government? Because it was the corporations that promoted the shots more so than the government, because they had the ability to, to take away your job, for example, or did not deny you opportunities that they were able to dispense. So that's where uh, the violations of conscience um, are being violated today. The right and control of property, the EPA, has routinely, Sam, and you and I both know this, have, have denied private property owners the full use of their property based on uh, environmental criteria. Like, for example, if you had a wetland on your property, there are certain restrictions that you had to comply with. And, of course, the protection of life since Roe versus Wade. And, by the way, Roe versus Wade may have been uh, overturned by the uh, by the Supreme Court, but it's almost as if um, nothing's really changed because I know here in the state of Utah, you can still get an abortion. Anyway, uh, did, did you want to add anything to that, Sam? I just want people to clearly understand, ladies and gentlemen, the reason government exists, and I know this kind of goes back to what you've already said, but I want to summarize. The reason government exists is because we're supposed to have protection under the law equally, and we're supposed to have our rights protected and defended equally. And we're supposed to be able to worship God as we think best, ladies and gentlemen. So it's about God, family, and country. It's about the protection of life, liberty, and property. This is not a political discussion. This is a moral issue. It always has been and always will be. And part of the propaganda peddled by the mainstream press and by politicians and by celebrities and those who have been, quote, dubbed our leaders um, is because they peddle this propaganda that it's about fame and fortune or they peddle this. It results in the loss of agency for all of us. But we need to remember it's not a political discussion for me to say it's about God, family and country. Look, God and our relationship with him is not a political discussion. It's an individual thing. Salvation, turning to Christ, understanding and embracing Jesus Christ and his mission and his teachings and taking um, care to let the atonement work in your life of Jesus Christ. That is not a political discussion. My relationship with my family, my wife, my children, that's not a political discussion. My protection of all things family, the protections of our wives, our children, our lands, our liberties. These are not political debates. These are not I'm right and you're wrong or you're wrong and I'm right or whatever. These are discussions of I must stand tall for the moral high ground which I hold when I focus on principle, when I focus on right versus wrong, good versus evil, uh, not embrace individuals or take sides or, or join parties or, okay, it's principle that we seek here. It's morality based on principle. And my morality and my moral high ground is not up for political discussion. Okay, this is something that people must understand if we're ever going to get enough people to take this country back. Most folks, when it comes to politics, are like, oh, yeah, I was told as a kid never to talk about politics or religion. I'm out. I got to, hey, leave that to somebody else. It's too controversial. It's too, of course, that's exactly what they want is you divide it or sideline. They don't care which. All roads lead to the same H-E-double toothpicks, right? 
if you're wrong or if you're not focused on things that matter, if you're into politics, it's a divide and conquer tactic. But when you start talking about God, family, and country, and you start to make the defense of America a moral issue, a moral discussion based on God's law, based on the Savior Jesus Christ, based on agency to choose as you will, God over Satan, good over evil. Okay, we're, we've now taken politics out of it. We're talking about everybody should stand for morality. Everyone should appeal to their better self, their moral compass, to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country. And that's why it's so critical that we get this point, Chris. Because if we do, then it's, yeah. I'm not here for the controversy, okay? I'm not here to attack anyone. I am here to advocate for what I believe in because it's the moral high ground which we hold if we stay true. Okay, and Bastier was trying to teach us this principle when he said, hey, government was made to protect us. Government was made for us to secure our rights and blessings, not the other way around. That's the whole point that Bastier is making here in his incredible book, The Law. Chris? Yep. So, yeah, governments are established to protect life, liberty, and property. They don't give us protection in, in those areas. Um, or God, God gives us those protections. Their, their responsibility is to uphold the protection of each individual in the exercise of life, liberty, and property. And, and yeah, but we've set government up as a golden calf to where now government is, is elevated above the individual. So whatever government does, it represents the... Hang so tight, buddy. Okay. Sam Bushman and Chris Carlson on your radio. I am live from the Eagle Forum Utah Convention on the Loving Liberty Radio Network. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. 
Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, for the Eagle Forum, Utah State Convention. Incredible place to be. Patriots everywhere. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Hopefully our conversation is educational. That's what our intent is, ladies and gentlemen. We're just not radio, radio clowns. We are true educators. That's our goal in the traditional sense of our founding fathers. Uh, You need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, look, societies are nothing more than families. Family is the fundamental unit of society. That's why the protection of God, family, and country, the promotion of the proper role of limited government facilitates peaceful society. That's what you got to understand. Limited government is peaceful society. Maximum government with rules and regulations such as the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Savior's time breeds nothing but contempt and trouble and anger and division and vitriol and hatred. And I can keep going on, right? Limited constitutional government with checks and balances, promotes the most peaceful society anywhere. Chris? Yeah, and, you know, <clears throat> over the um, Thanksgiving and Christmas breaks for the last three years, we've heard about families disowning individual members because, like you said, <laughs> they don't want to hear their politics because they, they've become so divisive, especially in our super politically charged environment with the pandemic and the restrictions and uh, mandated shots and mask and all this stuff and it doesn't need to be that way if government would just stay out of the business it's supposed to stay out of and just focus on those areas life liberty and property and the protection thereof and let the individual govern him or herself uh frederick bastier we quoted uh him once already let's let's get another quote from him uh in connection with this principle sam he says law is justice And I defy anyone to say how even the thought of revolution, of insurrection, of the slightest uprising could arise against a government whose organized force was confined, in other words, limited, that's my commentary, to suppressing injustice. Think about a government that did nothing but suppress injustice, Sam. How wonderful that would be and how little we would have to pay in taxation, by the way. Uh, He goes on to say, Frederick Bastiat does, but make the laws upon the principle of fraternity in other words, like brothership, you know, the, go- the government's supposed to make us all become friendly towards one another, accept races, accept differences in gender, et cetera, et cetera. That's my <clears throat> um, editorial commentary. And he goes on to say, proclaim that all good and that all bad stem from the law and that the law is responsible for all individual misfortunes and all social inequalities. It sounds familiar, right? It sounds like what we're living under today. You know, the government is supposed to be the social the, – the big bad Goliath social justice warrior in the world. Uh, Okay. Then the door is open to an endless succession of complaints, irritations, troubles, and revolutions. Okay. And I say like a a European soccer riot because I I used the sports analogy earlier, but that's where we are. The government has become an end all be all for all of our problems, Sam. And that is our problem. That's well, why we, we started out That's talking about the House of Representatives and how derelict they are on their duty, how it took 15 tries. Uh, the holdouts tried to prevent Kevin McCarthy from becoming speaker, and I, I appreciate that. But eventually they just caved anyway, so it didn't do a lot of good. It reminds me of every year how with the budget they literally claim, oh, we're going to stop government from running. They even shut down the government from time to time. But they don't get any real business done. They get a, a couple of concessions that mean nothing in the end or very little in the end, but in the end of the day, it's business as usual. 
uh, Ron Paul or yeah. Rand Paul with the budget, he wanted a penny plan where you just, you know, cut the budget by one cent. And they rejected that out of hand. They just completely rejected his proposal. Well, the same thing's true with Speaker of the House. You're going to have one cent out of every dollar. Right? One percent. One cent out of every dollar. Um, that's yeah, what Rand Paul was proposing. All right. But that would make a difference. But they rejected it. Now what they're doing with Speaker of the House, they held out, had a big clown show, uh, a media circus. But at the end of the day, look, they gave a couple of concessions to get Kevin to be the speaker. But the shadow government of the deep state didn't give up hardly anything. Nothing at all. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to turn around. Nothing's going to be any different. Congress is going to move forward. It's a very paralyzed state, spending us into oblivion. And the people that are going to pay for it are our children and our grandchildren. Oh, do you see how it comes back to God and family again? Salvation is an individual responsibility and an individual relationship with Christ. From a family point of view, we're destroying families the more government uh, continues to meddle in our everyday lives. The only answer is to use the checks and balances to get government out of our everyday lives, to nullify now, to reject the propaganda of the media, to learn to turn to God, family, and country, to realize government is not the fundamental unit of society. Okay, Family is the fundamental unit of society. Government is a necessary evil like fire, our founding fathers said. Hey, it's a fearful master. We need to be very careful with government, but at every turn we seem to think that government is the only answer to our problems and i submit to you that individuals patriarchs and matriarchs of god-ordained families are the most important elements in our society if we have husbands and wives legally and lawfully married with complete fidelity to one another we have an honorable society based on family the fundamental unit of that society we jettison those moorings we jettison that moral high ground as George Washington said, if you don't have the fundamental supports of morality and religion, you have nothing. You can't have a stable society if you jettison morality and religion. You can't have a stable society if you jettison God or God's ordained family. Now, look, if you don't have an ordained family as God prescribes, we're not here to attack you. We're here to tell you to make up the best family you can. It could be a family of churchgoers. It could be a family of neighbors. It can be a family of people who believe in a certain cut. Look, you got the huge Eagle Forum family right here, right now in the great state of Utah. I'm at their convention and there's people everywhere who are united in a fundamental cause, which is to bring back, to restore, to champion the proper role of limited constitutional government for the purpose of protecting God, family, and country, life, liberty, and property. See, these are, it's very fundamental and very simple. And to circle back to, to the point that Chris Carlson's making is, look, peaceful societies are societies with very limited government because self-government is at the core. Sure, government can be there to help carry out appropriate justice, to help create organization and cooperation and coordination. But in the end of the day, it's our relationship with Christ and our relationship with our family and then those around us, our neighbor, Love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself, to which all other self-governing realities answer to in the end, right? It answers to my relationship with God and my relationship with those around me. 
And if those things are good, the proper role of government will be carried out because we're self-governed individuals. The only reason government steps in more and more and more and more in our lives is when we jettison the moral compass that we have as, as God, God's children that we seem to lose our way. There's only one way back, and it's God, family, and country, Chris. And the only way to solve this is to have a limited government but self-governed individuals who have a peaceful society because the people are good, meaning moral. Exactly. That's what Alexis de Tocqueville said. He said America was great because Americans were good. And I think we're ceasing to be uh, so good. As, as long as we're worshiping this golden calf of government, thinking that they're going to bail us out of our, our problems, when they're the source of the problem, Sam, uh, you know, we're going to continue to lose our way further and further away from uh, the true source of safety and security and prosperity and freedom and liberty. And that is God, the eternal father and his son, Jesus Christ. And a lot of people criticize me because they, they feel that there's nothing that I can do to change the system, even on the local level. You know what I tell them, Sam? I says, yes, but God is, is uh, silent note-taking of every action that I do. And I believe that we will be judged based on what we did to try to reform the system as fruitless and as overwhelming as a task may seem, I think that we will still get credit if we're at least trying and we're at least setting an example for others who may choose to follow sometime in the future. Maybe not now, but, you know, as things get worse and worse, you know, and I do still hold out hope that we can we can change things peacefully in this country, even though those hopes are, are starting to diminish more and more before us. Um, I, and I, and God, yes, because God is is the only source, and that's why we were set here on earth. It, it's basically a test to see what we would do with the information available to us in the scriptures and with our own consciences and our ability for those consciences to be uh, guided by God's Holy Spirit. And the more we deny what we should know, uh, either consciously or subconsciously, is right, Sam, uh, the further away from... The, the objective of the restoration of the principles that are embodied in the Constitution in this country. And we can't give up. We can't just stop. We can't say, oh, well, yeah, I guess I won't go to Thanksgiving dinner this year because Aunt Betty doesn't want me talking politics or Christmas because Uncle Joe, you know, thinks I've got a radical position. That's why um, I never talk about politics ever. I always talk about moral <laughs> issues. Ladies and there gentlemen. you go. And let me, <laughs> I know let me it sounds like I'm playing point. games with words, but I really don't think that I am. I think I'm teaching a fundamental truth, Chris. <laughs> well, and, and it, it's sad as it seems. There are members of my family. I won't mention them by name because you might recognize them. They're members of the family who have outrightly stated in, under no uncertain terms or in no uncertain terms, may I speak politics. And that, again, to me, it's not politics. To me, it is the gospel of Jesus Christ because it, it permeates every aspect of our lives, including and maybe even more importantly, government. But they won't let me We're talk talking about, about those principles when obeyed that make men free. And I want to finish today's conversation uh, with a quote from the Wizard of Oz. What we need today is courage. Right. 
What we got to have, my fellow Americans, is courage. Courage to not fall for the politics lie, to not fall for the divide and conquer tactics of those who would destroy your liberty on the altar of propaganda and misdirection and divisions and deceptions. We need to stand on the moral high ground, and we do it with courage. We do it with integrity. We do it with realizing that we are standing up for the principles that were articulated in the war in heaven between God and Satan. Do you want your agency intact? Or do you want to lose your agency on the altar of Satan's agenda? I want my agency intact. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is fundamentally tied to agency individually in society there is no way to separate the two there never will be a way to separate the two and that's why we are talking about principles principles that can make men free when obeyed and make men slaves when they're not obeyed understand who we are and what we're about what is your role on this earth ladies and gentlemen my role is to promote god family and country every day 24 7 that's who i am and that's what i do why because i believe it's my calling from my almighty maker who is the author of my liberty we want to teach and educate and promote the great things in life ladies and gentlemen take courage it's a wonderful world when you get involved in solutions after all this is solutions radio we declare we the people along with the grace of the almighty we can and will restore our grand old republic, but you got to get involved, make it a great day, and choose the right. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America from the Loving Liberty Radio Network.